Welcome to Single Mom MD. We bond together in this community to help single moms, both MDs and DOs, get the support we need when we need it. I'm Dr. Gail Clifford, and I'm here to help my colleagues have an easier time of it than I did. Enjoy the podcast and join us in the Single Mom MD community. Pick up our article, Genius Things to Do on Sunday for a Successful Week at Work, at singlemommd.org backslash mom. Today on the Single Mom MD podcast, I'm going to discuss 10 parenting tips that I learned the hard way, but first, how to deal with sick days. So it's all about parenting today. Raising children, as you well know, is one of life's most difficult responsibilities. No matter how much preparation you do, there are things that you can only comprehend once you've experienced them. As a mother, I've made my share of blunders, but I've also made a lot of progress. Today, I'll be sharing those top 10 tips for parents, but first, let's talk about daycare germs. Now that the pandemic is mostly behind us, our kids are back in daycare and giving each other and us all of those daycare germs. Now, I'll admit, I'm still a fan of daycare and building our kids' immunity. I think that helps reduce the days lost from school later when it really matters. But an email from my finance guy on this very topic made me stop and think about it again. While it's not in my immediate future, at some point I'll have biologic grandchildren and they'll likely go to daycare. One family had kids with 25 sick days in five months. Being busy busy moms is bad enough, but when you're due at the hospital and Johnny has a fever and can't go to daycare, you'd better have a backup plan. It's likely harder to find someone to cover your shift at work. I think it's even harder to find substitute care when the children are infants or toddlers. So even if you did have PTO time and an emergency backup in place at work, it behooves us to find alternatives. So here are three courses of actions to consider. Option one, becoming a stay-at-home parent. Now, since we're the financial head of the family, this isn't possible for most of us, but it might be possible to leave the sick child with another stay-at-home parent in the neighborhood. But if you're financially independent of your medical practice, Maybe you'd like to consider something like this. Forget the PTO time. You can take unpaid leave. It's inconvenient for your partners, but it may give you a chance to see if you were ever meant to be a stay-at-home mom. Most of us come away from these days appreciating our daycare providers even more, and we recognize that at least part of our happiness comes from our ability to be intellectually stimulated in our medical practice. Option two, a nanny. This could ultimately be the perfect way to approach this situation, but it comes with a hefty price tag like many of the other finer things in life. Hiring a nanny costs somewhere in the neighborhood of fifty-five dollars to $65,000 per year, depending on where you live. Now, there are two routes to consider here. First, remove the children from daycare completely and have them with a full-time nanny. That's a choice that covers the children being sick, but doesn't help you when the nanny gets sick. Instead, consider getting set up with a nanny service in your area, where you can call and request the nanny for when the children are ill. Best if you use them for a few babysitting gigs while they are still well. You can have one consistent presence in your children's lives. Now, when my daughter was young, I wanted an au pair. My daughter has a French name, and I always thought it would be lovely for her to learn the language. When we lived in Louisiana, I thought I'd have a chance at both, getting an au pair from France who would attend school at the local college. Unfortunately, we lived 10 miles too far from New Orleans, so didn't qualify for an international au pair. I think the big advantage of having an au pair 
in your home is the international camaraderie that develops in return for room, board, and stipend, the au pair attends school while caring for your children. When the children are young and she's needed during the day, I believe most attend night school, but check the local requirements if you go this route. When my daughter was in grammar school, it would have fit ideally with the college student's schedule. And my daughter did learn French in college while studying abroad in Lausanne, Switzerland. It's still lovely listening to her quiet French, spoken as they did there, in a respectful near whisper that draws you in. Oui. Option three is the status quo or daycare. Now, ultimately, this is the route that most single mom physicians will continue to utilize. Although the sticker price runs high when you see the monthly daycare bill, the one reference showed two children come out to $2,400. It looks better when further broken down. When they only need 10 months of daycare a year, that equates to about 4,000 hours. Total bill comes out around $24,000. In total, that comes out to about $6 per hour per child. It's not horrible when you look at it in that context. And most of us love our daycare teachers and see that our children are developing. But when they're sick and they can't go, you better have a reliable and available babysitter or friend on speed dial. Now it's time to get to the 10 parenting tips that I've learned. Number one, don't compare your child to others. One of the most significant blunders a parent may make is to compare their child with someone else, especially a sibling. Each youngster is unique in his or her own way, and they all grow at their own speed. Contrasting your child with her companions may lead to a feeling of insufficiency and low confidence and low self-esteem. Rather than that, concentrate on your children's qualities and help them to be the best forms of themselves. One time when, when my daughter was about six years old, we were at a family gathering where she was playing with her cousins. As the adults watched the children play, my brother-in-law commented on how well my daughter was doing in school and how much she excelled in sports. Without thinking, he turned to his son and said, why can't you be more like your cousin? My small for his age nephew's face immediately fell, and then he looked up at me with tears in his eyes. From that moment on, I realized the danger of comparing children to their siblings or cousins. I gave my nephew a hug and reminded him that each child is unique and deserves to be celebrated for their individual strengths and accomplishments. As he got older, he grew from being very small in stature to towering over any group at our family celebrations, even his dad. I think that interaction solidified our relationship but not necessarily his father's. They kept working on that and it got stronger after he got through being a teenager. So tip number two, be consistent with discipline. Children like adults thrive on consistency. Parenting necessitates discipline, but it is equally important to consistently enforce rules. Children require well-defined borders and clear consequences. Being inconsistent might lead to bewilderment and a disregard for authority. I'm a firm believer in gentle parenting when it comes to maintaining a calm and happy home. Part of this is only using physical or corporal punishment when it is absolutely essential for the child's safety, like smacking their hand away from fire or their bottom if they're headed towards traffic. But the majority of it is about being kind and avoiding shame and avoiding blame. Let's attack the problem, not the person. Tip number three, allow your child to make mistakes. Now, I know we parents want to protect our children from failing or being disappointed, but allowing youngsters to make mistakes and learn from them is critical. Children need to learn from their experiences and develop resilience and problem-solving abilities. Number four, spend time with your children. Make time for them. 
Give them your attention. Be there. Today, life is fast-paced. It can be really challenging to set aside quality time with your family. Nevertheless, it is vital. A simple task such as sharing a meal or having a family game night, that might suffice. Spending time with your family strengthens the bond. And I have to say again, those of you that have listened to the podcast know that one of my favorite childhood memories with my mom was when we earned an hour to spend just with her. If we had all of our chores done for the week and our room was clean when she or my dad checked on Saturday, then we got an individual hour with my mom. There were seven of us, so that hour meant a tremendous amount. It reinforced to me the need to spend time with each child individually. Number five, be a good role model. Children learn from their parents, so being a good parent is critical, but being a good person is even more so. This implies that you should be truthful, respectable, and dependable. You want your child to demonstrate these qualities, so show them by leading by example. Number six, do not spoil your child. Giving a child too many gifts may appear to be a way to demonstrate affection, but it can actually do more harm than it does good. Excessive indulgence might result in a sensation of privilege and an absence of gratitude for what they already have. Instead of this, concentrate on providing your child with memories and experiences that will stay with them for the rest of their lives. If you get them started on this now, enjoying experiences and making memories rather than having items, you'll have a lot less clutter to clear out later. One thing this always makes me think of is that my mother actually said I spoiled my child by spending too much time with her. I had to laugh because I was working 168 hours a week or at least available to my patients all that time. And I worked 12 to 14 hour days, but I was spending all of my time with my daughter when I wasn't working. Some of that was to my detriment, which we'll get to in a minute, but um, not taking care of self-care. But I have to say, I wouldn't give up a single moment of the time I spent with her seeing how she's grown into such a wonderful young woman. Tip number seven, listen to your children. Children have a lot of interesting things to discuss, so take the time to listen to what they have to say. When you listen to your child, it shows that you care about what they say, which helps to foster trust and strengthen communication. You can learn what exactly excites them or challenges them, and this might have a lot to do with the kind of person they become, the career they choose, or the families that they create. Number eight, promote creativity. Childhood creativity is essential for growth. Allow your child to express themselves through artwork, songs, and other hobbies. It can assist them in resolving issues and increase their self-assurance. For my daughter, she was able to do something every day after school. One year it was a necessity because I worked late, so I needed her to be either at daycare or in a program. When she was at a Montessori school, they actually had a piano lesson after school and a sports event after school. And one of the other moms taught dance. So as long as she was enrolled in their dance class, they took her to dance. So I ended up having five days a week of after school activities that encouraged art, music, piano, dance, and other hobbies. So any opportunities you have like that, I highly recommend. Tip number nine, give your child age-appropriate independence. Children should learn to become self-sufficient as they get older. Allowing your child to make choices and assume obligations can assist them in gaining self-confidence. 
When my daughter was young, a major issue was at what age should children be allowed cell phones? Whenever they're cared for by an adult, they don't need one, right? But when she was 10 years old, she wanted to walk the mile or so home with a friend, or maybe even alone. It was a busy street, but not a highway, with plenty of crosswalks to get her home. But with the always frightening stories of child abduction, I was reluctant to let her make the trek alone. So the compromise was that she'd get a cell phone and use it to text or call me when she left school at the halfway point and when she arrived home if her grandfather or I weren't already there. Because it was a safety issue, her having a cell phone at 10 didn't seem too young. And in sharp contrast, I was four years old, crossing a major road, going to kindergarten. So it's just a different time and a different age. So whether it's a cell phone or when they can walk on their own, give them the age appropriate independence, but always make sure that they stay safe. Number 10, take care of yourself. Being a parent is a difficult undertaking. It's critical to take good care of yourself. This implies obtaining adequate rest, consuming a nutritious diet, and making time for yourself. Taking care of oneself improves one's ability to care for your children. Parenthood is an ongoing process of learning and making mistakes, but by following these tips, you can create a favorable atmosphere for your children. Parenting, like any other endeavor, has its up and downs, so enjoy the trip. And make sure you take notes, whether it's on a photograph or a notes app on your phone. When your children say something particularly funny or brilliant, write it down and put the date down, because I can tell you that while you might remember a portion of it, you won't remember nearly as much as if you just make the note. And then when you see those every so often, you can share it with the child, tell them about the experience and the joy that they brought. It's these joyful moments, these memories that we create that have made parenting so rewarding for me. And I hope for you. For joining us for this episode of Single Mom MD. When you think of additional topics that you would like covered on this podcast, contact me via social media at Single Mom MD. To join the Single Mom MD community, click on the link below for regular engagement and personalized attention to your questions. We look forward to welcoming you into this community where courses and coaching renew your mindset and can change your life. Pick up our article, Genius Things to Do on Sunday, for a successful week at work at singlemommd.org backslash mom.